All right, Dan. No okay. time. We don't have time for a fucking hilarious. Oh, you're right. Fucking open. the book's better. Da, 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 yeah, the book's da, better. Da, 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 da. No time for jokes. Too much to talk about. It's Harry All Potter, right, baby. Quick. These are long ass books. The speed. This is the speed run podcast. This is the speed run podcast. I I can't find the notes. Where's my intro? Welcome to the books better. The show that reads the beloved and side plot filled. God, I didn't think very long about that, did I? Source material so that you don't have to. I'm Dan, and I'm Orlando. And today we're discussing Harry Potter 5 and 6, Yay. Order of the Phoenix and the Half-Blood Prince. And we're just going to get right into it because these are two fat books. And Man, how many words did you say Order of the Phoenix had? Like 200,000? Uh, 276,000. That's yeah. insane. Or something that like that. absolutely insane. It is a huge, that is a fat, fat book. That's like um, a half of War and Peace. But... There's a there's an interesting quote from um, J.K. Rowling where she says, she's like, look, I agree Order of the Phoenix is too long, but like I challenge anyone to tell me which parts to cut. And I'm like, yeah, uh, she's she's got a I, – I, th- I think she has a point. Yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of the like Quidditch – some of the side plots they she just nah, didn't The Quidditch stuff is good. It's fine. A whole chapter about a Quidditch game though. Mm, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, look, we don't need. Maybe we don't need to know the exact movements. Actually, I don't know. No, you know what? I enjoyed the Quidditch. I think That's it's fair good. enough. This podcast, where well, from our previous Goblet of Fire and Preserve Azkaban, we're going to try and order it a little bit more. From point A to point B, Order of the Phoenix, Half Blood Prince, a bit more coherent, hopefully, and easy to listen to. So, yeah, yeah. and these movies are sort of. Um, I don't know. They're related in a way because they're like the last two before the big finale. And I don't know. I think they sort of occupy the same like phase of the whole Harry Potter thing. Yeah. Where it's like the last ones in Hogwarts. But yeah. So we're going to talk about Order of the Phoenix first here. What do you want to talk about first, Dan? You got anything interesting to talk about first? Well, Order of the Phoenix opens with the last uh, Dursley's scene. Oh, unless there's one in Deathly Hallows, but there's certainly not one in Half-Blood Prince. Yeah. Um, and Dudley is a, he's a, he's, he's no good. He's a no good. He's a, he's a, as our uh, grandmother would say, he's a nuka maker. <laughs> he's, a, he's a troublemaker. Nuka, nuka yeah. Yeah. Um, he, I'm sure there's some like British slang for what kind of white trash he is. Um, but anyway, he's being mean to Harry as usual, uh, but then Dementors attack and then Harry's off to wizard court. Hell yeah. He gets his wand taken off him. He gets expelled from school. Basically it comes out at the end of the book, uh, that Umbridge has basically set up Harry. She sent the Dementors to, to him at the start. Um, that comes out a bit later, but as far as Cornelius Fudge is aware, there are no Dementors in the, uh, the outside of Azkaban. The opening's pretty much the same from the book to the movie. Yeah. Um, they basically, they just go through. Obviously, they can't do all the detail. This is the first time in the movies we see uh, Apparition, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Oh, no, that's not, uh, actually, not 100%, but the Fred and George start apparating in the house. Um, also Percy and I guess Charlie's like moved out. Percy's nowhere to be seen. 
in the books, there's this like big beef that Percy has with the rest of his family where he like sides with the ministry and they don't make up until the, until the last book. Yeah, he tries to get his family to like distance and distance themselves from Harry. He's, he's yeah. being a real rat bag. Yeah, he, he yeah he he's such an ass. Uh, there's just no time for him in the movie. Like with many other side characters and plot lines, absolutely no time. He got the axe. Yeah, he got the axe. Um, and then yeah, anyway, Fred and George are apparating, and it's the worst uh, apparition. <laughs> it's so bad. They just like a, appear and they go like it goes like like <laughs> it's so and they're like hi harry yeah it looks terrible in um fantastic beast when they're like apparating all the time they like have figured it out by then it looks cool as in this one it's in this they one, just it's kind insane. of appear don't they behind harry yeah and it's not like the death eater apparition where they're like flying around as like dark Epic clouds fucking yeah yeah which also like i don't know it's just Whatever. <laughs> Who's your favorite Weasley? Like, honestly, they're all pretty much intolerable. <laughs> um, you the dragon dude is pretty cool. Uh, uh, what's Ch- uh, Charlie? Charlie. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's because they right. don't. Act, he doesn't actually have any lines other than yeah, like, the yeah. goblet of fire. So he probably is as bad as the rest no, but of them. Isn't but he kind of a? Know. You know, he's kind of a bro to Harry though. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. And the dad's pretty cool. I like the dad. Yeah. He, yeah, he's, he's pretty cool. He sort of gets, yeah, he gets a bit screwed over. <laughs> he gets, he gets fucked up so bad. Yeah. So one of the things in this movie is that in Goblet of Fire, obviously Sirius Black introduced in the third book, in Goblet of Fire, in their desperate effort to like cram everything in, they have a few Sirius Black scenes. There's not nothing. But they don't give him a lot of time. In the books, Harry's all like, oh, yeah, I'm going to live with him. It's going to be great. And he's like really sad because, you know, Sirius is still a criminal uh, in the eyes of the ministry and all that. Um, And in this movie, they go, oh, shit, hold on. He has to die at the end and it has to be a big deal. And he's barely (laughs) shown up. So they're they're like, all right, Sirius, let's put him in every scene. He they include the scene where he goes to the train station, then him and Harry have a big talk in the train station. And then there's like this shot at the beginning where they go to the um the Order of the Phoenix headquarters and there's like this really slow motion shot where Harry sees Sirius. He's like, Sirius. Um Oh yeah, when he like goes into the he goes into the headquarters yeah. and he's like he's like saying hi to everyone. Yeah. And it's like Okay, Sirius is going to die. <laughs> You're right. They, they couldn't have made it like more. Yeah, it's it, They make obvious. a big fucking deal about Sirius yeah. in this movie. And, you know, as they have to, because it also has to justify the trap at the end where Voldemort tricks Harry into thinking that Sirius is being tortured. Which I also, is that even explained properly in the movie? That like there's no. this like psychic link between Harry and Voldemort. And I think the, that part's explained. Uh, I think yeah, no, the whole, but that's just the that's just the surface level. Like the whole thing is that Voldemort can't control it at first, and then Dumbledore's worried about it. Ultimately, like it, it turns out Dumbledore's worried about it because he thinks Voldemort might start to control it. That's sort of explained because the occlumency lessons are still in it. Yeah, but then I don't think it explains that 
the the serious being tortured Voldemort purposefully put in Harry's head to lure them in. I think no. you just have to figure that out for yourself. Yeah, it's nowhere near as like in depth as in the book. It's fine. It worked. I don't know. It's not like I was watching it and I was like, "How? What the? What the freaking hell is going on here?" What's yeah, happening? well, it's one of those things. There's lots of stuff in the books and the movies that they just don't explain, but you just kind of assume. Yeah, like, you know, they're, they're actually the last couple books. There's so much of that where in the books there's little setups like throughout, you know, at the start of the book or wherever, and then it pays off at some point, like down the line. In the movie, you just get the payoff, and you yeah, you got to kind of presume that yeah. You have, to you, know. you have to assume a lot. Like I've, I mentioned this in the other, other Harry Potter episodes, but it's just once again comes back in these is that the characters just appear somewhere. Like they're just somewhere and you have to like, there's no explanation just to why they're in different places. They're just there. Like, you know, Hermione being at Ron's house. It's like, why is she there? It, you don't question it when you're watching the movie. You know. No, I feel like because they, I don't know. It's they've done a good job. It's still the movie flows yeah. nice. It's like never jarring. You, it's just yeah. Order of the Phoenix is I don't know. It's kind of got that goblet of fire thing where there's like a billion like little micro scenes, um, which gives it this like weird hurried pace. Like there's these little scenes with Neville where they're like, oh. Neville is going to see Bellatrix at the end and it's going to be a big thing because Bellatrix tortured his parents. Fucked up his parents. Yeah, so they like give this little scene where Neville's looking at the newspaper and I think Harry talks to him in the room of requirement and he's like, Bellatrix is out of prison. She tortured my parents. Like they can't, they don't have time to give it more than literally 30 seconds, but they need to put it in. And then the so the movie has this like really like hurried pace. Yeah, you can you can tell that they're trying to cram in so much into the like obviously yeah. they can't. But it's not but it's not a it. disaster. It could certainly no. be much worse. The same thing goes for Cho Chang. I didn't mind a lot of that being cut. I don't really care too much for the. I don't know if it's just because I'm older, like rereading them again now. But I really do not care for like soppy high school romance drama the high school anymore. romance stuff is kind of lame but um i i mean i think i like the parts where it's like dealing with the fact that a student died like that's a big deal it's not mentioned again in the movie yeah like, cho chang just sort of is seems fine but in the in the books they like go on a date in hogsmeade and she like wants to talk about cedric but you get the idea that Harry's like kind of suppressing it and he's like doesn't want to talk about it. And that's really good and important because the whole point of the entire series of books is like Harry's relationship with death and grief and like the how he deals with the people around him like dying. So, you know, that's like an early stage for him where he's just like in denial about it. Yeah. That date as well, if I remember, goes fucking absolutely horrifically cho chang starts crying yeah and then that's when harry goes to hermione it's like she was crying and then she's like oh you don't understand women blah 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 she's crying because of cedric she probably wanted to open up about it and then harry feels like a real fool in the movie they just kiss in the room of requirement and then 
later when he's telling Hermione and Ron about it, he's like, yeah, it was good. It was wet because she was crying. <laughs> and then Hermione goes on the same rant and it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's all crammed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they kind of had to merge a bunch of different scenes. It's completely okay. Yeah, and then, it's fine. Yeah, and then like at one point it just is, is like smash cut to them in the Forbidden Woods and Hagrid's just showing them something. It's like, all right, Hagrid, where have you been? You haven't shown, you haven't been in the movie yet. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, um, oh yeah, uh, I was in a giant mission um, and I found this giant, look at him. So we've got a minute and 30 seconds for this scene. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, a giant uh, and... Uh, Hermione, giant grab Hermione. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> whereas in the in the book, it's like this big mist. It's like, where's Hagrid gone? He's gone. He's on some sort of mission for the order. Um, and then and then when he comes back, it's like, oh, he's back. Uh, yeah, oh, we're so excited. We gotta go see Hagrid. We gotta see Hagrid. And they sneak down. And then he's like, children, sit down and listen. I've got an epic story of adventure to tell you. Yeah, he goes on like infiltration mission. And he's with the, he's like with the um, Beau Baton's uh, professor. Yeah. Who's the other giant, remember. half giant lady. Yeah. yeah, they go in and there's this whole uh, debacle where he's integrating with the like, I don't know, the fucking group of giants. They like slowly approach them and stuff. Yeah. I think long story short is a couple of like Death Eaters come and win them over and Hagrid loses. But he manages to rescue one of them. He rescues one of them. But in the book, the giant that he rescues, Grop, is like smashing shit up. He's going like cuckoo. In the movie, he's like <laughs> a misunderstood gentle giant of sorts. A literal gentle giant. Yeah. Yeah, but in the book, he's a... He's a freak. He's kind of savage. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's like tearing up trees and shit. And he smacks Hagrid. Yeah. He's oh, he's actually Hagrid's half-brother. man. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's, they, they, he says that in the movie as well. Also, in Order of the Phoenix, there's the classic uh, staple of the Harry Potter movies where at the end when all hell breaks loose and it, they see he sees the vision of Sirius being tortured, um, they go to, they set off, it's like, oh yeah, we got to go help him. Uh, and they just like go and they don't tell anyone. And it's, <laughs> it's the just, exact uh, same. What, how old are they? Like 16 at the time, which is yeah. insane. Uh, in the books, they try and, like, contact him. They try and contact the Order, and there's a bunch of reasons why, like, it's just up to them. The 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 setup of it being all up to the Dumbledore's army is different. And even in the books, he makes a comment about how he's 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 a bit sad that, like, for his epic rescue mission, he's left with, like, the shittest of Dumbledore's <laughs> army as well. Yeah. He literally, <laughs> he's like, he's like, ah, yeah, I got Luna and Neville and shit, and they're just, they're not that great. Does anyone else go with them to the ch- to the Ministry of Magic? Or is it just I, Luna? I think it's literally just them and then Hermione and Ron. Yeah, Hermione, Ron. Yep. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's just like another thing where it's like it's up to the to the, oh, wait, the does main Cho characters. Chang go with them? Uh, no, actually, she might. Anyways, she doesn't. She doesn't have like a particularly interesting uh, time there. I don't think like the others, where yeah, never gets fucked up. Like Luna gets through, fucked like, up. A house of fucking wacky house of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, we can talk about the the Ministry of Magic stuff. 
I much prefer it in the books. You have a different opinion, right? I think so. Some of the stuff in the books was a bit uh, a bit goofy. I think it's cool because it's just like there's a lot more build up in the books of like Harry has all these visions of the 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 what is it the floor of secrets or the department of mysteries. Yeah, yeah. Um and Harry has all these visions about it and they're like expect they're like what is this pl- what's like what's with this place? And it never really explains. It's just sort of like assumed that it's somewhere where they like experiment with like weird new magic. Yeah. And they go through and there's like all this weird different experiments and stuff that they run into. I think it's really cool. Man, I just get the same like vibe as Chamber of Secrets. It's just like it seems, I don't know, it's just not that interesting to me. It's like what they, they fucking go there and they have these like weird uh, fucking mini games they have to play in the fucking <laughs> Department of Mysteries where they have all these different rooms and all these weird, wacky, magical conundrums and I don't know. It kind of kills the vibe for me a little bit. It's like yeah. ooh, it's like it's like Department of Mysteries, but then there's all this like ooh like ooh fu- like weird it goofy stuff happening. But yeah, surely there's a middle ground though from the movie where they just rock up walk in, open the door, and they're just in the prophecy thing. <laughs> but, That's hey, true. Here. Yeah, I'm sure they, they could have made some kind of... Um, but but I like it in the books when they're like walking around and they... and Because they're just so out of their depth. They have like no idea what they're looking at. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Um. Anyway, and then so in Order of the Phoenix, this is the first movie where we get to see some real magical combat as well. And it's like the first time it's properly, you know these big magical fights are properly depicted on screen and they sort of change a little bit going through the movies, especially now in like Fantastic Beasts. I haven't seen... So what's the difference between this and then Fantastic Beasts? Because I haven't seen so Fantastic Beasts. In Fantastic Beasts, they they almost do it like it's a gunfight, like... They they do it like a like a they action just have movie. guns, yeah. They just they just shoot each other. <laughs> no no no. It's all like them flicking their wands and like shooting little like bolts at each other, and they like hit. They're like un, They're like in cover, and it like hits like their cover and like concrete like chips off and like sprays in the air. It's it looks like almost like a gunfight. Okay. Um. Whereas in this movie, there it's more like. It's more sort of... They're like dueling. Yeah. Yeah, well, we can talk about Voldemort and Dumbledore's duel, but like when in the ministry, when the um, Order of the Phoenix dudes show up and fight the Death Eaters, it's almost like, you know, when Sirius is fighting uh, Lucius Malfoy, it almost looks like that, like fencing, like they're sort of like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like um, fucking parrying and whatever else. Yeah, so it, it sort of looks different. Um, in the books, uh, I think th- the fight is way better in the books, man. I just think that everything that happens in the Ministry of Magic is better in the books. The fight's the less fight- generic. The fight in the yeah. movie is kind of just like, it's just like a bunch of like individual fights going on and they focus in on Sirius and they focus in on yeah. uh, and the you know, build some up of the is, main characters. The build-up is so much better because before the order shows up, it's all the kids like, obviously... It it makes it. It's not like you know. Oh, the the kids are fighting these Death Eaters. It's like you know they're being scrappy. They're like running away 
Yeah, because they're after all they are just actually children. And these yeah. Are, yeah. The, yeah, they push one of the Death Eaters into a cabinet of time turners and he turns into a big baby man. Goofy uh, which man. I, which I think Goofy. is epic. No, not epic. Fucking stupid. No, it's weird because it's like, have they killed him? It's like, what have they done? <laughs> and then that's also a weird Fate detail. worse than death. Yeah. It's like they're fucking with this magical stuff that they don't understand um, and they can't possibly hope to control. And... Uh, it also is like a weird setup for why they can't do any time turning for the rest of the movies because they broke the ministry's entire supply of time turners. Yeah. Uh, a little bit contrived. Should have yeah. should have just maybe not introduced time turners in the first place, but whatever. Um, um, should we move on to the last fight, Dan, and then move on to Half-Blood Prince? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got uh, the the final fight and I do have something to say in this bit because I think they cut something very important in the movie. Okay, what is important that they cut? So after Bellatrix kills Sirius, Harry runs after her um, and in the books something happens which I found very poignant is that he tries to cast Crucio on her and it doesn't work. And then Bellatrix has a line where oh, I'm going to butcher it. I'm not going to say it like. Well, I, just just paraphrase. Which... Yeah, she's she's like, uh, you know, you have to mean that, like, you know, you have to mean that kind of spell. Yeah, yeah, like you 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 can't cast that kind of spell, Harry, because you have to really mean it. Snape says and a similar thing in Half Blood Prince as well. He yes, he yeah, he does that. See that that moment is kind of echoed, and it's really poignant because it underlines the whole difference between it just goes back to like the the dichotomy because the whole of Harry Potter the point is that him and Voldemort are like philosophical opposites right they're set up as like opposing characters and that's like you know even faced with like the death of his godfather like the one dude he was hedging all his bets on for his life not being shied <laughs> like he's just died and he like tries to cast this like terrible spell um but he can't do it because he essentially because he's good you know it's i think it's a really good line and it would be it would have been so easy to put in the movie in the movie i think like he does use it on no he uses it on her and it hits her yeah, it hits. Well, it's the same in the book. I think it hits her, but like it doesn't like it's meant to like keep hurting her. Yeah, but it just doesn't really work. Yeah, so she kind of just happens slams in the, movie. the ground in the movie. Yeah, yeah, but then she runs off, and then like this thing happens where Voldemort's like in his head, and he's like, "You have to." He's like whispering, "Like you have to mean it." So like they kind of interpret it in a different way, and like do something different with it, and it's just like, what, what does that mean? Like Voldemort's trying to corrupt him, like almost like Star Wars style, like join the dark side. <laughs> Which is just like that's not that's not, that's not how it works. Yeah, Voldemort's like scared of him. Voldemort just wants to kill him. And that's then, actually a very good point. Is that's like, now that I think about it, that's kind of weird because this whole time Voldemort's like the boy. Uh, the boy needs to die. He's yeah, kind he's of like uh, the one. Harry Potter's the one dude that Voldemort's like meant to be scared yeah, of. He's becoming a bit of a thorn yeah. in my side. Yeah, I see. I think that for me is like a seriously bungled opportunity. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I'll just quickly say as well, 
I know Voldemort and Dumbledore dueling looks cool in the movie with their like giant um, laser beams and the glass shards and the water ball. The water ball looks cool. The water ball, I'll say that's cool. Keep that. But like otherwise, the fight in the book is way better and it just shows like sort of a more like whimsical kind of magical duel than what you see in the movie. See, I don't like that. I don't like the... Yeah, look, I understand not wanting the fight to be goofy, but, like, I think there's a middle ground you can go where you can still shoot it and make it look, like, cool and the stakes are still high, but it's not like them just shooting laser beams at each other, you know what I mean? It's just more yeah. dynamic and interesting. Yeah, Like, okay, that's, that's why I say point. it's cool when he puts him in the water ball because that's more interesting. Well, even the like glass shards and all the other stuff that they do. Yeah, it yeah turns I just into don't sand. like the glass shards for some reason. Maybe because Voldemort takes like 30 seconds doing it where presumably Dumbledore is just standing there watching him. <laughs> you good, man? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say about Order of the Phoenix. No, I, I yeah. think Half-Blood th- Prince is much more... I think we're about done with Order of the Phoenix. But yeah, that's something that I I just wanted to mention, that Bellatrix line, because I think cutting that line from her is a huge missed opportunity yeah yeah all right all right yeah Half well, blood let, prince. Let, let's call that for order of the phoenix half blood prince first thing right this because i just finished reading the reading the book recently harry so ron and hermione act like fucking assholes throughout the entire like literally three quarters of the books I I certainly remember hating Ron. What does Hermione do? No, Hermione's just like feeding off Ron. So Ron's being a fucker and then Hermione's like, I'm not talking to Ron either. And she like, you know, avoids Harry and Ron, avoids Ron. So whenever Harry's with Ron, she's, you know, finds some excuse to go away. And this is all right. while Harry's like trying to get to... Harry's like, guys, I think something's is like something's up at the school. Like Malfoy's trying yeah. to do something horrible. Fucking all these all these people are disappearing. We need to, uh, yeah, we need to get to the bottom of this. Something bad is gonna happen. And Ron's like, oh man, what about that uh, Hermione chick? Hey, Harry. And he's like, man, look, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wizard Hitler, wizard Hitler's out here trying to, yeah, take over the entire wizarding world as we know it. And then Hermione's like, yeah, you know what? We'll show Ron. I'll uh, I'll ask uh, this other Quidditch bro to Slughorn's fucking Christmas dinner party or whatever it is. That'll show him. Don't you think, Harry? Uh, yeah. <laughs> man. I was like, come on, just, man. It's just... People you know are what? dying. If there was a little bit of it. I, I, don't, I don't actually like it. Like I said before, I don't fucking all that like soppy high school romance. Not a fan. If there was a little bit of it, that's fine. Because it is a book about kids in high school, so that's acceptable. But for them to fucking bang on about it the entire book, <laughs> nah. I think when I was reading, I was fine with it until Deathly Hallows. And then I was like, <laughs> you're living in a tent, like, on the fucking run. Like, you know, you could die any minute. Yeah, priorities, man. still arguing, yeah. That was when I was kind of done with it. Yeah, I mean... In the movies, they're not as they're not like you know going at each other, Ron and Hermione, as much as they are in the book. 
So that's why in Deathly Hallows in the in the films, obviously they yeah. have that entire falling out. Um, it's not as like overwhelming in the movies because it you know there's obviously not as much of it in Half Blood Prince, but in the books, man, f- fuck, <laughs> god damn it! I yeah, hate in it. the movies, it also seems like less. I don't know. It doesn't seem very out of place. Like, you, it does. It does. The movies do almost like a good job of like making the drama seem more important and I th- like I don't know it's kind of because in the movies they don't make as big of like a bigger deal about the other stuff like serious dying yeah I was gonna say they at the start of Half-Blood Prince they try and like cram all of Harry's grief about Sirius into the beginning of that because at the end of Order of the Phoenix He's pretty fucking chipper, isn't he? <laughs> like the end of the end of Order of the Phoenix, just going back a little bit, has like these really good scenes where he's talking to Headless Nick, the ghost, whatever he's called. Um, and he's like, he's in he's kind of in denial. He's like, he's like, oh, maybe Sirius can come back as a ghost. And then Headless Nick is like, look, it's not it's not look real Harry. life. You don't yeah. want that. <laughs> yeah. And then Dumbledore has like a huge talk with him. Um, but then by the last scene in the movie, he, you know, never a dull year at Hogwarts. Yeah. Classic. I don't know, they, are cracking, they, that's from a Goblet of Fire. Yeah. But they're cracking <laughs> jokes again at the end of the movie. I can't remember what one of them says, but it's, it's stupid. Um, and then in the beginning of the movie, they're like, no, 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 no. He's sad though. He and actually is. So. Yeah. And then no, uh, no Dursleys at the beginning of this movie. He's just in a train station hitting on some oh, girl yeah. who's not in the books. Um, yeah, Harry's kind of a, he's a bit of a player in the last uh, couple of movies, man. Yeah, he's so in Half Blood Prince, man. this is when Harry finally shows a bit of fucking personality. It, this is in the books as well as the movies. Uh, certainly when I was reading the books, I was like, man, thank God this dude is starting to like and actually it's good. have a bit of a spine. Yeah, it's so good because that was one of the most frustrating things reading Harry Potter is that I found the character Harry himself to be like very like he's so um, passive and like he, he has no backbone. Well, I was going to say it's almost like what you were saying before where obviously him and Voldemort are like these but these these like opposing kind of ideals yeah. and then harry this in the books is almost a complete like personification of that ideal and then fucking nothing else he's just like yeah a dude that's like i need to uh, uh, i don't know he killed my parents yeah well, half blood prince is like he actually has some character to him yeah he has um, some funny lines like when uh oh, is really, trying to give movie. him the love potion and hermione's like harry yeah, she that's only a great wants one. to go out with you because you're the chosen one. He's yeah. like, I'm the chosen I, one. I am the chosen one. Yeah. Yeah, so Daniel Radcliffe's kind of turning up in the movie with some epic lines. Yeah. Uh a few of the other there's there's some lines in the Half-Blood Prince that are like really not good. There's a few lines where it's like, whoa, that was badly delivered <laughs> or badly written or both. Like well, I I can't think of any. Which like I don't what? I don't want to point fingers, but most of them come from Ginny. <laughs> Oh, there's like weird, awkward scenes where like yeah. they're at the Weasley house and she's like, your shoelace, Harry. And she's yeah, like, the, I don't there's, know. Just... There's one in particular where she goes like, open up you. And it's the yeah. way she says it is so bad. <laughs> oh, we're in the, in, they're in the room of requirements. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to shit on Ginny because obviously they do her so dirty in the movies. Like 
they just cut all her stuff. And then in the Half-Blood Prince, they try and make it up. They're like, oh shit, Ginny, Ginny, Ginny. There's meant yeah, to be romance back. here. Yeah, but they obviously shaft her pretty hard before that. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to like, I don't want to blame like the actress too much. She has some truly horrendous lines in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but but Harry's got some opportunity. I like the spider bit as well where he's like... Okay, the liquid oh, yeah, yeah. luck talk, talk about liquid luck, yeah. They don't explain it. I'm sure... I don't know if they explained it a bit more how it works. The problem is, is like, why isn't everyone just drinking it all the time? Because Slughorn is like, well, Slughorn's like, it's incredibly difficult to brew, but it it can't be. What are you talking about? That's a stupid <laughs> like reason for yeah. it to be like in fucking. I don't know. It just it seems can't be that to hard to brew. Like, yeah, it's it's the it's the difference between being incredibly hard to brew and like not not so hard that you aren't just giving it to one of your students yeah exactly it's like like what is this worth like thousands and thousands <laughs> yeah, and thousands of yeah, gallons exactly. or whatever <laughs> oh my like, god it's so fucking it's, it's it's unclear like in exactly what endeavors it helps you as well like can harry just drink it and then go and fight voldemort yeah and kill him so i said before if voldemort just slips out of fucking banana yeah he would die when because when harry drinks it he seems literally incapable of error <laughs> Yeah, he has absolutely no plan. He's basically yeah. he's he's tried everything to get this memory from Slughorn. The so Dumbledore's like given him this task. He needs to find this memory that's been tampered with um, by Slughorn. In the books, Dumbledore gets like mad at him as well. Yeah, he gives him a and bit like of to sass. the point to the point where I was like, man, give the fucking kid a break, Jesus. He's like, like so you, know uh, you have other through? priorities, right, Harry? Yeah, Harry's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He really gives it, he really uh, layers on the guilt. Yeah. It, there's a lot of things. Like, it's the same as the time turners and all that other it, stuff. Yeah. It requires, and <laughs> and my personal favorite, the truth serum, which yes. absolutely <laughs> is the most broken out of everything. Because so much of Harry Potter is just built around dudes telling lies. I'll get to the, uh, the unbreakable vow in a second because I have some stuff to talk about with that. But just with the truth uh, thing, oh, not the truth thing, the luck potion, you have to suspend your disbelief, sure, but I think that scene is like one of the best scenes in the entire series. When he drinks it. When he yeah, when he goes on his little uh it is mission to get the memory. In the book it honestly, they do they it's good in the movie. It's even better in the book. This is one of those things where even when these movies do a really good job, the book is still just better. Um like the you 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 might disagree with me in a second but like he goes out he sneaks out in his invisibility cloak he like once again in the movie he just appears next to slughorn uh it's just like okay we're here now uh and he sees slughorn and then it's like you know despite all um you know reasons otherwise harry just feels the need to like whip off his coat and go it's me <laughs> <laughs> that's a liquid luck bro yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's so funny though. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's hilarious. It's so good. Um, and like the bit where where they're like, "All right, Harry, the plan. You're gonna go intercept Slughorn here." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." And he drinks it, and they're like, "Remember the plan?" And he's like, "Yeah, right. Well, I'm off to Hagrid's. <laughs> it's actually best line. I just feel like it's thing. the place to be right now. Yeah, in the books, it's a bit. It's. I think it's even better set up in the books because. Hagrid's kind of I think Hagrid's kind of annoying them at that time and he's like invites them to 
Aragog's funeral. Like he's announces it. He's like, you guys want to come to Aragog's funeral? And they're all like, fuck no, man. Aragog <laughs> tried to kill us. Yeah, <laughs> We're not does. going to that. That's stupid. Um, Big and spider. Then, yeah. And then they're like, okay, no, we're not doing that. We're going to go after Slughorn. And then Harry's like, right, off to Hagrid's for the funeral. And they're like, Harry, what the fuck are you talking about? And then he, he so finds funny. Slughorn on the way, doesn't he? And he invites him because Slughorn's yeah. like, wow, the uh, whatever the giant fucking yeah. spiders are called. is like the venom is uh, incredibly, incredibly yeah. rare, Harry. That's right. Whereas in the movie, he's just sort of like, well, if I'm not allowed to be out, then you ought to come along. It's like, okay, well, I, th- I think maybe he would just arrest Harry or whatever for being out. <laughs> Yeah, but to the movie's credit, they do have the sort of detail of him stealing herbs, like he's just hustling for cash. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. Which is man. funny. He's that's like, a good he opens the window to the like greenhouse thing, and it's like, yeah, he's like, hello. Merlin's yeah, so that beard, so that Harry. is funny. Merlin's beard, and then the scene where he actually gets the memory plays out pretty similar, but in the book, he just lays it on, he lays it on thicker, and it's just so much like. It, that's the most satisfying scene when he's like, then why would you betray her? Yeah, he's like, be brave. Be yeah, brave be like brave my mother. Movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an absolutely incredible scene. That has to be one of the best scenes in the entire series. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, uh, I think in the movie, the thing where he talks about the, the fishbowl and the petal that turns into the fish and then it disappears when Lily dies. Is that in the books or did no, they just make no, that? No, 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 that's in the mo- that's for the movie. Pretty solid. Pretty solid addition. Is it's not it? often that they actually make up things like that in the movie that are just good. Yeah. Um mostly it's they very, take from the books. Yeah, I think it's a good it, it it works because of the context. I think like it's quite good because he brings it up naturally flowing from the conversation and then Harry like jumps, jumps on, on it. it. Yeah, Harry fucking yeah. <laughs> And it's good. It's like he's an opportunist. But in the book, there's just even more detail where they offer him alcohol. But it's like he, like he knows not to drink. He, he's like, I'm not gonna drink. I need to keep my mind sharp. I know it (laughs) for for like the perfect moment to strike. It's so good, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So, is there anything else you wanted to say about luck potion or that bit? No, not really. But it's just interesting to think. It, like there obviously are limits to it. There have to be, otherwise, like yeah, it all it needs is a line uh, of like, or it's poisonous know, in like high doses, or like you can't have uh, too much of it, and it's bad for even you, like, like that. something less contrived like that than just like oh yeah, it works for like schmoozing people over and like playing sports, but it doesn't work for fighting and killing people and robbing banks. <laughs> You know, like there's some things it does work for, but some things it doesn't. Because right, right. I don't know. That's kind of what I assume. Yeah, but Hermione does have a kind of. She has one line where Harry says, "I don't know for what situation he was going to try use it for," but Hermione's like, "Harry, it only worked with Slughorn because you know you had the ability to do it. You just needed the, oh, like extra, right. like actual uh, luck." As it were, yeah. To pull so there's it off. some weird explanation there. It's a little bit weird, though. I think. Oh, you know what? I think it's. I so I reckon it's like if you have the ability to do something, then it'll. Uh, you know. But that help doesn't you make out. sense. If Theoretically, just, you have the ability to do anything. <laughs> I mean, that's true. But it's not gonna. No, but it's not gonna. Like you can't. Things that are impossible aren't gonna become possible. Yeah, but it's like I want to become king of the world in ten years. There's some <laughs> way for that to happen. <laughs> 
Even if I like build a rocket ship to an interstellar planet and go and, or I invent (laughs) cold fusion. It's like, yeah, I could do that. I could just write the math on a whiteboard right now. (laughs) Fucking, you know? Anyway. Okay, so rewinding a bit to the start of Half Blood Prince, there's something else I wanted to talk about. Um, I hadn't seen the movie for a really long time since I was a kid when I read the book last year. And the part where Bellatrix and her sister go to Snape's Snape's little fucking Snape's apartment. Snape's abode. Yeah, you just see Snape's house, which is funny. But uh, it's like <laughs> it's a little hard. apartment. He's got lots of books. Yeah, which is, I guess, makes sense. But anyway, um, in the books, it's a great scene. It's right near the beginning. In the movies, they push it back a little bit. But anyway, when I read the book, I was like, that's got to be the cold open because at the end, the chapter ends, the chapter goes pretty much the same, um, almost word for word. And it just ends with like him making the actual vow and like the golden thing appearing around their hands. And when I was reading the book, I could just imagine like that transitioning straight into like the title sequence, like the title of the movie coming in. I was like, surely that's the cold open. That would be so epic. Yeah. But instead, the cold open is just him and Dumbledore, like, it's like... train station. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's it's just the end of the last movie. No, no, no. That's all after the cold open. Oh. The cold open is literally just the flashback to the end of Order of the Phoenix. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, And then it goes into the title. Yeah. Like, it looks cool, but it's just like, man, why didn't you make the unbreakable vow? If I, yeah, I, that, that's also, I reckon, missed opportunity for epic moment. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Man, the unbreakable vows are just like the oh yeah, well, the, yeah, it breaks the it breaks everything for the same reason. It's just well, actually, okay, no, I think unbreakable vows are a bit more tempered because it's like you know you could there's a reason why a character could be like, no, I'm not making a fucking unbreakable vow. I don't want to die because I like broke the accidentally fuck yeah. up. Yeah, my yeah. in when I was reading the books, I was like. Oh, because Dumbledore goes on and on about how he has some secret reason that he trusts Snape uh, and the rest of the Order. It's talked about a bit in the movies where, like, the rest of the Order's like, no, look, Dumbledore trusts him. We got to go with Dumbledore, even though we don't really like him very much. And I was like, oh, I bet Snape made an unbreakable vow to Dumbledore. Of course. But he can't, Dumbledore can't tell anyone because if he says he made an unbreakable vow, then the Death Eaters will be like, what the hell? You know, they'll be like, you made an unbreakable vow to Dumbledore. That means you have to be evil. Yeah. Um, So I was like, that makes perfect sense. But then that doesn't end up being the case. It's just that Dumbledore knows that he was super horny for Harry's mom. uh, Yeah, Dumbledore's whole thing is that love prevails. So Dumbledore's trust in Snape stems from Snape's love for Harry. He should have made an epic, I reckon... In that moment on that hill, whatever, we're getting into Deathly Hallows, but he should have made an unbreakable vow. Anyway, yeah, yeah the, they cut the other minister chapter as well. Thoughts? Do you reckon the movie would have benefited from that? Nah, I think... It's interesting and in it's very interesting in the book because you don't get much of like interaction Mugwon, between the Mugwon wizard action. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you can... It's a cool world building thing because it's like you can sort of extrapolate a lot from that. You can be like, oh, like they talk to the government. Like that's really interesting. It sort of gets your imagination going a bit. I think 
if they were going to do the scene, um, because in the book it still has that, uh, like like you said, that like whimsical kind yeah, of very, goofyish very tone. I think if they did the scene in the movie, um, it would fit the tone of the movie if they had it much more plain where, what is it, Fudge just goes, not even Fudge, what's his name? No, it is Fudge, isn't it? Scrim. Isn't it Rufus? No, Fudge gets fired. Yeah, it's yeah. Rufus. So Rufus goes, I think it would be, um, if they were to do it, it'd be much more interesting if it was more kind of muted. He just has a conversation with him about the bridge breaking and all the other yeah, shit going on. Yeah, it would on. have to be like a 10 second like throwaway thing. Right. But yeah, I don't mind it not being in there. I'm not like, yeah, it's God fine. damn it, that was it, my it, There's, there's a world where it could be interesting, but yeah. Um, all right, we got to – let's move on. Anything else in Half-Blood Prince you want to talk about? Yeah, at the end of the movie, it's very similar where Harry and Dumbledore go to the cave in the side of the cliff to find the Horcrux. Yeah. That is literally – that is identical. Um, I think there's some more information about why it's such a significant place to Voldemort. Um, yeah. But other oh, yeah, because he takes a bunch of kids there and murders yeah. them or something. <laughs> well, I don't think he murders them. I think he just kind of fucks with them a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's right. He just shits them up. Yeah. Um, after that, when they return to Hogwarts, in the book, Draco oh, yeah. lets all the it's Death Eaters different. in and there's this huge fight, which makes sense because the fucking school is crawling with auras and dudes from the Order of yeah. the Phoenix come and Harry's rallied all of his boys as well to, you know, defend the school because he reckons something's up in the movie all the death eaters fucking pull up <laughs> it's and really weird they just kind of there's absolutely no fight or conflict or anything they kind of just go up to the tower and they're like yeah, yeah and us. then and then afterwards they're just running around it's like where is everyone yeah. she just yeah, they, trashes the great yeah, hall yeah like, yeah bellatrix doing? goes into the great hall and literally smashes yeah. every single fucking window in there. yeah it's like why is what is everyone doing like why is the school just empty in the books, there's all this stuff because they have to go, they have to apparate from Hogsmeade because in the books, Dumbledore's not just on an apparition whitelist at, at Hogwarts. <laughs> he can't, he's not just allowed to apparate for some stupid reason. They have to go to Hogsmeade and then he brings him back and they're like, oh, like he's got Dumbledore, he's hell weak. You know what is weird in the movie as well is they take the time to have a shot, like a two second shot outside of Hogwarts on one of the bridges and there's an aura standing there. They have that shot in the movie. I don't even remember it was there, but why the fuck would they put that there if their intention was to just have absolutely no conflict actually in the school? I think I think because that like in in theory that's setting up the thing of like oh, they how snuck are the, in. Yeah, how are the Death Eaters going to get in if the if the perimeter of Hogwarts is being guarded? A bit stupid and undermined when they just leave in a carriage yeah. afterwards. But and then Bellatrix fucking sets Hagrid's home on fire. Adam's in the shit book as well. exploding <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. But Hagrid's um, there though. Hagrid is in the house when it gets fucking Yeah, and lit Fang's up in, in the there books. as well. Yeah. Yes, Fang's in there, you, you, you criminals. Yeah. Bellatrix isn't with the gang either. Bellatrix is not there. That's just, that's just like a good adaption. Yeah, well, because even uh, what's his name, the fucking werewolf dude, Greyback, he has a lot more characterization in the books. Yeah, which is he's not fine. Just big scary dude who's walking around, and there's all this stuff with the werewolves where Lupin is on a mission to try and win them over. Yeah, Lupin also like 
he he gets fucked up. He doesn't get fucked up in the books, but they she describes a lot how he's like every time Harry sees him, he's scrawnier yeah. and like paler, and he just looks really fucking sick. But in the movie, he's kind and he of can't just get the same work dude. because he's like being discriminated against. Yeah, yeah. They just don't have time for that in the movie for him. It does him and Tonks are in a relationship in Half Blood Prince. There's some line that is like they're they're together. At the end of it, there is, yeah. Because Harry suspected that Tonks was in love with Sirius, but... No, 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 Lupin. that's in the books. Yeah. In the oh, movie, you're talking about the movie. Yeah, there's there's, oh, there's this whole scene that they insert in the movie where, the, where Weasley's house gets attacked. That's the one scene with uh, Tonks and Lupin, and Tonks has different hair for some reason. Yeah, there's a throwaway line where they're together. Um, yeah, they just try and cram everything in. But yeah, they had this big scene in where they attack the Weasley's house as well. It's weird. I don't know. There's weird Ginny stuff. I think the actual scene is cool because that's when they started doing the like uh, the camera. They do it a lot in Deathly Hallows um, when the fucking snatches are chasing them. But they have that really like it's just some bro oh, holding the yeah. camera and it's like the super shaky stuff. and the, it's pretty cool. I think it's yeah. I don't know. Cool I think that shoot. scene's kind of weird because it's just like, I don't know. Well, so why like, didn't they the, do that before? What's the point of it? Yeah, it's like, what is that exactly is stopping them from doing that to anywhere? Just like flying in and blowing up buildings. <laughs> and that just sort of happens and then it's just not talked about again. Because yeah. obviously it doesn't happen in the books. It's not, there's, not there's no, there's no follow through. Yeah. yeah, they're not just going to start this whole other thing. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Bit, like, I think the scene itself is dumb. Include more um, stuff from the books. Don't start making up more stuff just to like make Bellatrix even more of a fucker. She's already a fucker. We know it. Do you have any, because we've gone on for a little bit here. Yeah, any yeah, kind yeah. Of yeah. Final, should we go to the ratings? The one thing I, the one more thing I wanted to mention is the, in the very title, The Half-Blood Prince, that has a lot more weight in the book and the reveal that Snape is the Half-Blood Prince you know, at the end when he's like, I am the Half-Blood Prince. Because well, Hermione figures out all that stuff at the end about him, about his yeah, well, mom they, and his dad. Yeah, well, they do a bunch more investigating. In the movie, it's just like, yeah, I looked up the Half-Blood Prince, couldn't find anything. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. And then and then they just put the book in the Room of Requirement. Ginny shows it to them in the movies, which is a desperate attempt to get more Ginny in there. And it's just like, and then at the end, he's like, I am the Half-Blood Prince. And then we're just sitting there like. It's like, what is the significance who, who of this moment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the books, it's all more to do with like the the families and the history and stuff. I guess it's kind of interesting because, uh, in a weird way, it's like Snape. Because obviously, the whole fucking twist at the end is Snape was always on the good side. Uh, So it's a weird thing where Harry's like, or Snape's like, Harry feels like he has this relationship with this dude who was writing the book, almost. Yeah. Well. and also Snape's helping him the entire time. If it wasn't for Snape, he wouldn't have got the liquid luck. He wouldn't have got the memory from Slughorn. Yeah. He wouldn't have known about the 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 bizarre, whatever it is, yeah. the like stone, the stone thing, thing that cures Ron when Ron gets poisoned. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's kind of cool. In the movie, you don't really think about that that much though. Um, no, and it makes the reveal kind of stupid in my opinion. Yeah. And especially I, because I am it's like the half when they're, prince. Yeah, when they're writing the script, they're like, oh, important moment. Yeah, big important moment. We do big shot and epic music. 
And if you actually think about it for more than a second, it's like they really want this moment to be epic. It means very little. Yeah, in there's nothing to back it up. There's absolutely yeah. nothing to back it up in the movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, yeah, okay, Husky so time. What real quick? Well, as sort of as part of Hosni time, these two movies in general. Yeah, okay, so yeah, Order of the Phoenix is the longest book, and the movie's not even as long as either of the first two Harry Potter movies. I think they do an admirable job, uh, but it, it it definitely falls flat. Both of these are going to fall flat. They're just too long of books. I agree. Like, what do you what do you think about them in general? I think they're good. I think the tone of the movies is better than the book. I think they chose, most of the time, they chose the right scenes to adapt. Um, the dialogue is better than the, you know, movies before them. Obviously, yeah, they're not going to be able to fit as much content into the movies. So that's like the main thing. Um, there was always going to be like yeah. the kind of holes and holes in the plot and you know yeah. problems like the, that the which thing is, is like from for yeah from this point the books are astro even these are good movies these are fine movies the books are astronomically better i they, agree they just are they they just are yeah like there's a reason that you know it's such a meme that the that the harry potter books are like the pinnacle of like the books being better than the movies they're so much better i think half blood prince i i really like the half blood prince movie I think Order of the Phoenix, the book, is a million fucking times better. The Half-Blood Prince movie is probably... I haven't seen Deathly Hallows since I was a kid. I'll reserve my judgment until we do the episode there. But definitely so far, it's the best movie. It's it's really good. It's a, it's a great movie. Yeah. All right. Let's let's give him a rating. Yeah. Dan okay. Hosni scale. Hosni. Um, Order of the Phoenix. I'll give the movie... No, no, do the do the do the the new version, Dan, where it's as plus to to whichever one's better. Oh yeah, it's of course. A, okay, yeah, yeah. So the book, the, the yeah, the book has like a plus five. Wow. Okay. Yeah, all right. it's way honestly, it's so much better. It's a it's a story that needs to to be supported by lots of detail and side stories and stuff. And okay, and Half Blood Prince, Half Blood Prince is I have my favorite book. I'm going to give it... Oh, man, but the thing is, yeah, Half-Life Prince, the movie is still good. That's what I mean. If you give the book a fucking super high rating, that means that the movie is like... That means the yeah. book is your favorite book of all time. No, yeah. It's not my favorite. Honestly, though, it's up there. It's a really good book. Yeah. Uh, okay, oh, yeah, I'll give Half-Blood Prince plus four because the movie is better than the order of the phoenix not necessarily the order of the phoenix book is better than the half blood prince book okay all right i reckon order of the phoenix plus uh, plus four for the book half blood yeah. prince plus three for the book yeah because the movie's better yeah the movie's pretty good um, half blood prince is my favorite book only because I don't like the first half of Deathly Hallows. The second dry. half, the second half of Deathly Hallows is the best of all Harry Potter. Yeah. What's well, just the payoff at the end? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The it's payoff just a is massive so good. payoff. Um all right, well. Yeah. I think that wraps well, it up. 
yeah, there's obviously so much that we don't have time to talk about here. We didn't even mention Umbridge or any of that. Yeah, there's a lot of like, we have a lot of notes. So much. Um, just little bits and pieces. Obviously fucking so much yeah. content in the books. Obviously but... we couldn't, yeah. For, and for also definitely... we're tackling two books and two movies. So, you know. Yeah. Like the longest ones as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's obviously so much we couldn't get to. For Deathly Hallows, we might do a big finale episode. Make it a bit longer, we'll see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but, you know, anything we missed, shoot us a message over on Instagram at the Books Better Show. For sure. What's on next and week, actually? Next week, we've da, got da, Fantastic, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mr. Fox. All right, yeah. that, should be, that should be a fun. That'll be a good one, yes, yeah. and not literally so much content to talk about that we don't have any time. Yeah, well, hot damn. Peace out. See ya. Dee-dee-dee-dee-dee. Ding, <laughs> ding.